Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week, well, he's a genuine soap legend, an Albert Square institution who's now finally spreading his wings away from Walford in a whole bunch of unexpected ways. You'll know him as Ian Bill, who made his debut on the show's very first episode back in 85. And he's since notched up the third highest number of Duff Duffs, 221 at the last count behind only Sharon Watts and Phil Mitchell. But over the last few years, he's traded in the role for a very different way of life, taking up residence in the castle for 2021's I'm a Celeb, before touring the country in Peter James's play, Looking Good Dead. A tour that saw him uproot his life and follow the play all over the UK in a motorhome where he still resides to this day, having just finished the tour. We're also going to be running into each other at this year's Car Fest. It's the UK's biggest family fundraising festival, seven festivals in one, all proceeds going to support children's charities. So I've forgotten what I'm supposed to be doing there. I'm hoping that he's going to be able to tell me. Let's dial him up, shall we? It's Adam Woodyan. How are you, sir? Hello, Kate. I'm good. I'm very good, actually. It's um, you mentioned you mentioned the motorhome, and um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm sat in it right now, and I think my signal's better than yours because I am directly underneath Crystal Palace's mast. Oh, is that where you are? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here till um Friday, um, because I'm going off to the pub in the park, Wimbledon. Just before you called, I've literally had a chef, um, who I'm working. Well, I say I'm working. Work involves I'm getting means I'm getting paid, and I'm not getting paid, so I'm hopping out. <laughs> um, yeah. Sent me a text saying, um, I can't do my demo on Sunday. Can you do it for me? What? 
I should explain to people, for those that don't know, um, in 2019, you did MasterChef and you are a prolific foodie. In fact, your Instagram made me so hungry. You may be why I'm going to look terrible in a bikini next week on holiday. You love food and you're really, really good in the kitchen, aren't you? I'm not I'm not bad, although um, on MasterChef, I really got, I got it wrong. I got my timings completely stuffed up and basically I should have practiced with um, a stopwatch. Never mind them um, ingredients, and yeah, oh. just, just fell foul of time. Funny enough, Greg actually said um, on our first day in the kitchen, he said your biggest enemy is time, and he was so right. <laughs> so <laughs> I just didn't realise how long it'd take me to chop everything. Yeah, I just ran out of time. Once you're behind, you cannot catch up. It's impossible. Yeah, the prep is is everything, isn't it? But you do. I mean, like the tour that oh, you totally. the tour you've the tour you've just finished has been sort of percolated with as many great restaurants as you could squeeze in. I mean, I'm not even sure that you did the tour for the play. I think you just did it to get around the country and eat. Um, yeah, the play was called Looking Good Dead and we had our own hashtag called Looking Good Fed. And <laughs> yeah, we we, we we went to some great places. I mean, I, I was finding different bits of food in different towns that I just wasn't expecting. Um, I, I never knew deep fried sushi was a thing. Um, is it until I went until I went yeah it is and it's really good really really good um, no it feels wrong it's like a fried oyster yeah. that also feels wrong no fried oysters are fine it, a fried oyster is a really good way if somebody doesn't like oysters um, deep frying them is a really good way of getting them to sort of try them for the first time and then you can mm. sort of slowly move them backwards onto raw ones <laughs> <laughs> so listen you finished the tour but clearly You've decided to stay on four wheels. I mean, it, I mean, I would imagine that actually, what you're driving around in has more than four wheels. But no, it's like, no, it's only got four wheels. It's not. It's it? not a, yeah, it's not a tag axle or anything like that. It's just it's four wheels. It's just shy of five ton. Um, it's just under eight meters long, which means it fits in most places. Um, although saying that, I did get a little bit nervous going under a bridge in Wales last week. Um, the sign said eleven foot, and I've literally gone. Oh, that's a bit tight. So I phoned up my mate who I got it from and said, um, how tall's the bus? And he went, uh, 10.3. I went, does that include the air conditioning unit? He went, oh, shit. Um, uh, let me, let me <laughs> no. find out. Yeah. But no, it, 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 it made it. So I now know that if it's uh, 11 metres, uh, 11 foot, I'm fine. So what came first, the, the motorhome or the tour? Um, kind of came together because, because obviously back then when we when we first started this, well, when I was supposed first supposed to have started the tour, COVID wasn't even yeah. a thing. Um, yeah. I mean, COVID. Because you, the last time I saw you, you were just stepping away from EastEnders for the longest time you've ever been away yeah. to go off and do this tour. We didn't yeah. know about COVID, and um, we chatted about the gin that you make because you make yeah. and manufacture gin. No, no, that and, was, and you, you, no, that's gone. Was that before that? Yeah, it was way, it was way before. It, honestly, it's that long since I've seen you. Wham with a tour was, um, it was around about March 20, February February 2020. Um, and I got approached, did I want to do it? And I thought, yeah, I did. Um, so I tried doing one of Peter James's tours before. And couldn't manage, we couldn't manage to make the dates work. We managed to make these dates work. And it was all lined up for um, doing Panto, doing the tour having a break from EastEnders was all sorted out. Then COVID came and just turned the world to what it did. So the tour kept getting postponed, but 
EastEnders had already, we'd all, that had already been mapped out, that storyline. So I was le- we knew when I was leaving there. But then the tour got postponed for six months. Then the tour took longer because it went into two legs. So we should have finished this tour in July 21. We actually finished it. We actually finished it in April 22. Um, it was, yeah, it was mad. But no, what I did was because of COVID, I thought, right, I don't really want to be staying in hotels all the time um, and just living out of a suitcase. Um, I wanted to enjoy it more. So I had a chat with Shane Ritchie. Um, and Shane was, because he's, he's done it before. He's had a motorhome for a tour. And he said, he? Yeah, he's done it. It's a great idea, yeah. by the way. It's a yeah. brilliant idea. And I, he, he, he has one whenever his band's out on tour and they're driving mm. around. Except he doesn't let anybody else drive it other than him. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's funny. And I, I just thought, well, do you know what? It's probably the best way of doing it. I've got all my stuff with me. Um, I can cycle from wherever I park up the motorhome to the theatre. I thought this will just work. And literally within two days, because I got the motorhome before the tour started, so I thought, right, I need to learn how to do everything um, because it's a lot more complicated than when it was my nan's caravan when I was seven years old. And it was like a, it was literally a bucket with a seat on it. Um, it's, it's a lot nicer now. Um, but yeah. I, wanted to make, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't turning up at these sites, not having a clue what I was doing um, and having to rush getting ready and going to the theatre. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll get it a couple of months ahead so I can make all my mistakes, I can learn what I'm doing and I'm comfortable with it. And literally after two days, because uh, my daughter was living with me at the time, I literally phoned her up and said, um, Jess, when are you moving to America? Uh, end of July, Dad. Okay, make sure you clear your room out because it won't be here when you get back. <laughs> what? I said, yeah, I said, um, I'm enjoying living in the boat room so much and I think I'm going to stick to it. And I have. It's now been... 14, 14, 15 months I've, I've been doing it and I absolutely love it. Are you serious? So you're not, no plans to move out of the motorhome? No, absolutely not. It's, it's, it's a, it's a different, completely different way of life, but it just, it suits my life where it is at the moment. And I'm quite happy doing it. I've, I've seen so much of the country and I've got so much more lined up, but I want to go and see. I mean, so when we, um, when we get to Carfest, um, I'm literally parked up on site I've, I've taken yeah. i've taken my house with me so you lot will all be running around going oh i forgot me wellies oh i forgot me raincoat and i'll just go oh, i'll just go back to the van and get it <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like the obi-wan kenobi of camping aren't you <laughs> yes i am <laughs> this is the motorhome you've been looking for well, I, th- I think we are all parked up together. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I don't know what Chris is putting me in, but um, yeah. Have you have you obviously. seen what he had last year? No, I've not been. So I just got a phone call saying, "Will you do Car Fest?" I can't even remember what I've signed up for. And, love it, um, love it. Well, listen, I'll, I'll definitely be popping around to yours for a cup of tea and a, a look around uh, my motorhome. Don't don't do cups of tea. I do, I do coffee. You don't. I'll definitely do coffee with you. Yeah, I don't even I do drink coffee. tea. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I don't yeah, drink tea definitely. either. <laughs> I haven't even... I, I, somebody said it the other week, and I'm, they said, oh, can I, can I have a cup of tea? And I'm literally looking around going, I know I've got a kettle somewhere. I, 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 I'm stuck in storage. <laughs> yeah, you're, you must... Most of your life must be in storage. Have you learned a lot about yourself when it yeah. comes to just how little you need to be happy and get you, by? You don't need all the trappings that... Um, we're almost programmed to have you don't you really don't need them we just we just accumulate stuff 
And I'm literally, I was looking in um, in the wardrobe earlier and I'm thinking, that's been in there a year. I haven't used it. So I, I, I know what's happening and believe me, the wardrobe's not big. Um, I'm literally going to, the stuff that's not getting used, it's going because it's just taking up space. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, actually, I mean, all your, it's not all your worldly possessions, obviously, because you've, you've still got stuff stored, I'm sure, somewhere. But, um, but like, literally, what have you, what is it that you you live with at the moment that's all you need to get by? My coffee machine. Um, of course. Uh, I've got me, I've obviously got my iPad and my computer. I've got my phone. Um, I've got my fishing gear. I've got all my cooking equipment. Um, and I've got my bike. And that's, that's pretty much it. That's it? Yeah. Did you, I mean, like, if I'd have told you four or five years ago that this would be your life now, would would you have been on board with that? Would you have thought, yeah, that's that sounds like a bit of me? No, I'd have thought you'd have had too many wines at your question time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, I mean, it's, I mean, listen, it sounds nomadically idyllic. It's brilliant. But it's, it's such a juxtaposition to the life yeah. that you've had where you've been in the same job for over 30 years, living, I mean, I don't know where you lived, but, you know, with a roof over your head, not a tin roof. Yeah, yeah. it was. I was actually a little bit worried. I, t- I turned around to your sound engineer um, earlier in the week and said, um, you do realise I'm in the motorhome. I said, if it rains, right, it's, it's going to sound horrendous. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, last night... Um, ah, oh, didn't it chuck down? Well, it did. And the other thing is, um, I can actually hear it starting to rain, so you'll hear it in a minute. Listen, I am only literally down the down the hill, so I can always come and get you if you need it. You know, there's there's always a dry bed here for you tonight if you, nah, if you need, it, you know, somewhere to bunker down. It's it's honestly it's pretty good. It's I mean I remember caravans when I was um, a kid when oh, I was growing up, too. and I used to have my nan's caravan, uh, my nan and my granddad's. So I can't leave him out of it um, in Shoebrunette, and it really was a, a a bucket with a seat on it, and it and it. <laughs> yeah. And I look back and think, I know the size of that caravan. How? how how did we all fit in it? It made, but yeah, that's what that's what life was in the seventies. That's how that's what our holidays you, worked. We didn't go yeah. we didn't go abroad. No, and you'd have to turn the the dining room table, which yeah. was tiny, would then turn into the bed. Yeah, that was it. At night, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But good times, right? Yeah. You don't remember it being anything other than fun, do you? No, exactly. You, you remember it fondly and then you remember the toilet and then go, okay, maybe it wasn't so good. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't so good. And the shower blocks, oh. Well, yeah, the, the shower blocks back then, they were sort of like sort of cold and full of spiders' webs and they were horrible. Now the shower blocks are great. I mean, I've got a rain shower <laughs> here. So listen, it's been there has been so much epic change in your life. I wanted to dive, dive into my first question uh, with you. So are you ready? I wanted to talk to you about identity and pull on something that you said last year, which is that, you know, I mean, it's stating the bleeding obvious, but Ian Beale is a character. It is not me. I am me. But actually, most actors don't pay one part for three decades. And it's a character that is quite divisive. Like, people don't necessarily wish Ian Beale well. So it's not like you're walking out on the streets and people are going, oh, Ian Beale. It's not like, you know, Shane Ritchie with Alfie Moon. And my friend Kate Ford, who lives just not far from where you're camping, has the same sort of thing with the fact that she's played Tracy yeah. Barlow forever. I, th- I think I think she's had more marriages than me. She's murdered a lot more people. Yeah. She's de- she might not have matched your marriages, but she's definitely killed more people. Oh. And and it's just I you know as a mate, I watch her walk through life with most people thinking that she's someone else, 
and that she's someone that they don't particularly yeah. like. So how do you hold on to your own identity? And what would you say have been the moments that have made you the man that you identify with as today? Oh, blimey, that's a bit deep. Um, well, look, Ian, um, Ian wasn't always the... That character evolved over years and years and years. Um, if you think back in the 80s, he was a, a, a spotty teenage kid. Um, he had, yeah, and then a yuppie. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. you know, he's a bit of an entrepreneur. Yeah, he was, get, he was getting bullied at school. Um, his dad wanted him to go into, wanted him to do boxing, didn't want him to do catering. There was all these things. So there's been, it's been a very, very long journey, which is something you can do with a soap. Um, and you can, you can see how the characters change and evolve over the years. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't always think that some of the changes were right um and maybe they should have chosen other directions in which to go but they, they weren't my decisions they were um stuff that the bosses obviously chose did it make ian unpopular um yeah at times because he was he was quite forthright and quite rude to everyone even people he loved um he claimed to be a great father when actually, no, he wasn't. He was an absolute narcissist. Um, I mean, someone actually say he was also a sociopath. If you, if you, if you, yeah, if you bet. really want to uh, analyze him, sort of like really psychoanalyze him. But he was also very misunderstood because I think actually his heart was in the, a lot of the time, his heart was in the right place, but he just got things wrong. And when he was married to um, Jane, she was like his Jiminy Cricket. She would sort of like sit on his shoulder and go, no, don't do that. You're a twat. <laughs> and she'd literally get him to completely change directions and do the right thing. So I think the years when it was the two of them together, um, up until uh, Bobby, unfortunately, battering his sister with a, a, a music box. And killing her. And killing her, yeah. Um, I think mm -hmm. they were, because obviously <laughs> it's quite realistic. Um, these... <laughs> These, it's going to put yeah, a strain on a marriage, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Ian, Ian and Jane were a good pairing because she kind of balanced him out and mm. kept him on the straight and narrow. Um, and I think once that was broken up again, um, I don't know, um, it was almost like the, Ian was trying to go back to being Ian of, I don't know, the 90s for 2000s and yeah i think it probably did make him very unpopular again um because all the stuff that he'd learned over the years suddenly he forgot again and mm. reverted to a previous almost like reverting to a previous version of him um, yeah which is why i think the storyline ended up where it was because there was there was nowhere else to go um within that must that be time. really frustrating for you when you know this this character arguably not as well as you know yourself, but probably he comes second in that line. And you don't know where else to take him. You know, that must be, you know, then, you, you know, the, the most sensible thing to do is step back for a while, right? Well, I think that's what I think that's what they did. Um, there, there really was nowhere, nowhere to go. So that's, that's where we currently are. Um, if... so at the moment, he's recovering from being poisoned, right? I think at the moment he's on the circle line. And he can't work out where to get off. <laughs> just doing a loop. <laughs> yeah, just going round. 
Yeah, yeah. He found he found a night tune. He stayed on it. Um, I I haven't got a clue what's going to happen. You don't know if when will you go back? No, I genuinely got no um, no idea. I don't. They've not asked. I've not asked them. Yeah. So I'm quite happy doing what this? I'm doing. Um, yeah. I'm, look, I'm I'm loving doing all the food things. Look, as you said, I've, I've been sticking pictures on Instagram for forever. Um, not always the best presented, but most of them taste quite good. Um, Look really good to me. Yeah, I know, but you've also got to remember some of them. Some of them I haven't cooked them; it's stuff I've ate. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the ones yeah, that's that are, true. yeah, the ones that are really, really well presented, right? You're not the chef, just the photographer. I'm just a photographer <laughs> on that one. What about your own identity? Like, you know, when you, I mean, I know it's the only life you've known, so it probably doesn't feel extraordinary to you. But for for yourself and for, you know, for my lovely friend Kate Ford, when you are so intrinsically linked to somebody else, and people know you better for that other person than they know you for the real you, how do you hold on to your identity? And what do you think are the moments that you you kind of go, that's me. Those are the moments that made me the man I am today. I think getting getting the job in the first place probably made me the man I am. It, it's mind you, that's so long ago now. It was that was that was eighty four. No, it was eighty four. Yeah, yeah. Job. So that was. And then eighty five on air, wasn't it? February yeah. came on air. So it's, that's Blimey. like 30, that's like thirty eight years ago when this was <laughs> first being. This job was for, this job and this character were first being talked about. So wow. it's yeah, it's it has been a massive part of making me who I am. But Ian and Adam are two completely different entities. Yes, we look alike. Yes, we sound alike. We behave completely differently. Um, I'd hope so. Yes, I would as well because <laughs> he, he, he's not—he's not the best. You—you—you <laughs> almost end up being slightly schizophrenic because you—you you end up yeah. refer, you end up. I'm guessing Kate must do it as well. She'll refer to um, Tracy as her. Yeah, but also like now, you know. I mean, you know, people. When we're out, people will just call her Tracy more than they call her Kate. And it's really well intended and she's so good with it. Um, but it must really get on your nerves on the days yeah. that you're not in the mood for it. I just call it occupational hazard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, it's, exactly. Look, if, if people are nice when they come up and say, Oi, Ian, if somebody comes up and they're a, a bit more aggressive and um, the language isn't as uh, nice then yeah you're going to react differently you're not going to be quite as welcoming and friendly towards them if they're not as welcoming and friendly to you i mean you know a bunch of people boozed up at a festival has got to be your idea of a hot hell um it can get interesting especially when i'm serving (laughs) the food and the the customer's supposedly always right um except on this case you're not So, it's like tripping out thinking you're back in Kathy's calf. We've had that a lot. Um, at pub in the Park Marlow, watching the penny drop on people's faces as they're sort of they're sort of looking, thinking, I, I know you, I know you, why do I know you? And you can see them, they're, they're cogs whirring. Um, and I'll, I'll literally turn around to them and say, yeah, I used to run a calf. You must have gone in it. <laughs> um, Probably one of the best known calves in the country, in fairness. I actually saw um, the original calf owner. Um, the other week I saw Nedge and um, you played Ali Osman yeah from Oscabs yeah. shut up no I saw Nedge um, and he was his uh, smile was as lovely as ever and guess what he's got a motorhome no yeah well and, and you know these 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 lovely men and women that were such kind of you know mentors to you yeah I mean we're, we're losing them quick and fast now well we you know, June Brown recently well this was the thing we were at June's funeral 
and literally started having a started having a tot up of how many of us were left, and we've lost so many. Um, we've we've lost the we've lost a third of the original cast now. I mean, didn't mean like June. You just thought she was going to go on forever, didn't you? She just seemed well, indestructible. She, she drove I... everywhere. She smoked everywhere. She had millions of kids. She just got on with it. Yeah, no, well, she had millions of kids. She had she had five. Um, <laughs> which and I'd I'd say what the the service was. Look, they they wanted to keep the service private. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any more than it was a very good day. That's ah. yeah. Uh, and the good thing is we they managed to keep it private, which I was really, really pleased about. Yeah, because despite being, much like yourself, despite being incredibly well-known as her character, very little was known about her as, as a mother, as a private person. And, you know, um, and why not? Well, she did, she, did share everything. she did release her autobiography, which I must admit I haven't read. She's got a fantastic family. Um, yeah. And they, they are a good bunch. Ah, um, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. So if, if getting the job was one of the moments that have helped you to become the man that you are, what are the other biggies along the way? Is it, you know, learning to cook? Is it the passion for cycling? All these things that inform your identity as you as you sit here today. The, the cycling and the cooking actually both predate EastEnders. I mean, it was really? it, it was my nan that, I mean, when I was, when I was little, um, I, I literally grew up on my nan's hip up until I was about, four years old so i used to see her cooking um all the time I, I'd, I'd help her out um you know she'd get me do it help in doing the mixing if i admitted my uncle has actually turned around and said but he, he said what do you mean he said, he said my mother was a dreadful cook and i went no nan was nan was really good and he was like no she was awful <laughs> So, we, we, so we've obviously remembered it differently over the years. Um, You've rose tinted it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've obviously looked at it through rose tinted glasses. He obviously grew up with it and went, "No, it was rubbish." <laughs> but you know, back then we didn't know about things like, for example, blanching. No. Or you know, I always remember my nan's Sunday dinners. Just the whole house oh my stank God. of cabbage because she would stew the crap out of it in case it wasn't cooked. No, like, yeah. we're literally cooking all the goodness out. Yeah. You know, she, but they didn't she, know. She started cooking it on Friday, ready for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, let me guess, she she cooked the plates as well. They were actually hotter than the dinner. Yeah, yeah. because there were so many of us to feed as well. You know, it was catering; it wasn't cooking. I remember, I can remember those sort of like Sunday lunches from when I was a kid, when everybody was round. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, uh, I think my nan or nans both imparted cooking, and I think my mum. Um, the cycling um, for me, it's, cycling's not a new thing. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to cycle to school, probably about the age of 11. When we were living in Wales, the only the only way I could go and see any of my friends was if I cycled into the village, which was great. It used to take me 15 minutes to cycle into the village. It used to take me about an hour and 45 to cycle back because it was up a hill. Uphill. A very, a very <laughs> big hill. It's, it's, we did some charity cycles into like the early 2000s. Um, I'm just trying to think. I don't know. I didn't rope Tamsin in. I think Jill Half Jill Halfpenny came on one. Um, ah. and my my lovely Larry Brat came on. I think she came on one. She might have come on two of them. Can't remember now. Yeah. Brat, you mean Laurie Brat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my lovely Larry Brat. I can't really picture that. When she just first joined EastEnders, so she was an easy target roping her in. Um, I think now she'd say no. <laughs> but, um, back, Tell you where to go. Yeah, back back then she said yes. In terms of your identity, how much of your adult identity has been? Um, attributable do you think to being a parent um, that kind of changes everything doesn't oh, it yeah but, but don't come with a receipt 
no instruction manual. You can't take them back. Um, and evidently, yeah. evidently, it's illegal to try and sell them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it does. Um, it, it does change you from, uh, from the minute you have kids, oh, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, and even now, um, Jess is coming up twenty eight, and Sam's well, twenty five. You're still. They're, they're always there in your thoughts. You're always worrying. I mean, especially when something comes up on the news and it's like, you know, where, where's that? Okay. No, then they shouldn't be anywhere near that. They should be all right. Um, but you just, I mean, Jess now lives in, um, in America. She lives over in Vegas. And wow. What's she doing there? Uh, she's doing a, uh, a PhD in psychology. Wow. Oh, yeah, you must be so proud. Oh, no, clever, clever little thing. That one. Um, no, wow. she's, she's, she's doing very well. Wow. So you haven't seen her for a while, but how's Sam doing? Is he good? Yeah, Sam's fine. Sam's, yeah, he's, he's going to end up following in, following in my footsteps and end up acting, I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, he should, he should though, because he's, um, he's actually quite good. Um, so it, it wasn't a case of me looking at him going, oh yeah, go on, go on, go, on, go into acting and thinking, oh crap, you're never going to succeed. It was actually, no, you've, you've got a chance. You could manage it because if, if i didn't think he was good enough i would have actually told him because otherwise he'd just be destined for a lifetime of hurt and rejection he came to see me when i was on tour and he said um oh I just did this 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 ad he said and the the other guy who was in it he said he was um in eastenders i mean all right okay and i'm thinking nothing on it because a lot of people turn around and say they were in eastenders and literally they, they walk through back a of shot. the shot right <laughs> i said um, um a gray-haired fella Northern Irish. I went, yeah, it turns out it was one of my mates and neither one of them had said anything. So, no. Yeah. So he's working then? He's picking up the gigs? That's good? He's picking up a little bit of work here and there. He needs to go get some training, um, which he's currently applying for. But um, no, he's, he's been picking up bits of work without the training. So yeah, a bit like I did. I never had any training. Well, you did. You went to Sylvia Young Stage School. and which No. Is, you know... I, no, this, this is the thing, right? I joined, I'm, I'm so old, I joined Sylvia Young's before there was the stage school. So what was it then? Just like a Saturday thing? No, Sylvia had, um, Tisha, Tish was in it, um, uh, Tish Dean and her brother. There was what was called the Young'uns and it right. was a little, like a group that used to go out and do all the old people's homes and little shows and stuff like that. Um, Perry Fennick was in it and Nick Berry as well. Um, and they used to literally just go around all these places, just entertaining residents. And that's where Young'uns started and Sylvia was running it. And she realised that she could, it could expand. It could become this, this agency. Um, and I went and joined the agency. I, I auditioned in Sylvia's front room with her playing the piano. Yeah. Um, and it was only about two, three years later when they started the actual theatre school. They were doing Saturday classes up in... I think they were in Jury Lane at the time, um, and that that bit yeah. that's long that's long since closed. Um, but no, I, I, I predated the school. My goodness! So there was you, Tish, Nick Berry, Perry, um, Perry Fennick, Jenna Russell. No, uh, uh, Tamsin. I, I Tam, first met, that you? Yeah, I, I first met Tam when we must have been about fourteen. We were all. Busting as extras for Made in Britain. I think it was, um, we, we were rioting school kids. Um, there was like five busloads. Because I, I walked Tam home 
at the end of it because she was living not far from Gants Hill tube station. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I, I walked. Her, I walked her home. Oh, funny! Oh my yeah. goodness! Do you know what? I, I mean, gosh, I, I, my my timelines have been lost in the pandemic. Um, but I'm sure it was pre-pandemic when the Spice Girls last played Wembley Arena, right? No, Wembley Stadium. So a couple of years back, and Emma Sylvia, was at, Emma was at Sylvia's as well. Um, so, yeah. so, in, in, so then there's like my other kind of gang of mates that Tam knows really well. They were all in the same class. You had Nick and Nat from All Saints with Denise yeah. Van Outen, Samantha Janus. Yeah. Rachel Roberts, who went on to marry Nick. Yeah. Keely Hawes and yeah. Emma Bunton. Yeah. Now that's quite... Oh, and Danny Bear. Danny Bear. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a bad class, is it? I mean, as if if she was an A&R woman in the music industry, she would have just signed up the top 40 right there. You know, that's the kind, you know, that's her ability to hone and spot talent. And we're, we're at the, we're at the gig at the Spice Girls gig. And she walked in, well, walked in with her husband. And honestly, it was like the queen had arrived. And what was so yeah. lovely, Ed, was the reverence that everybody showed up. All of those people that were there that had been under her care, her guardianship, whatever, um, just there was a huge amount of love and respect for Sylvia. It was nice to see. Without her, none of us would have had a career. None yeah. of us. So it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you you asked earlier who had sort of like who was the biggest impact, who was the biggest mentor. It, without doubt, it was Sylvia and my drama teacher Ronnie. But I only ever went to about three of the drama classes because I was always working. Yeah, you did loads. You'd done like an eight parter for ITV, the National. But yeah. this was before you joined EastEnders. You were only 16 when you appeared on screen with yeah. EastEnders, weren't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, by the time I, by the time I got the EastEnders, I'd done Witches and the Grinny Gogs for ITV, Baker Street for the BBC. I'd done nine months at the National. Um, I'd done Oliver. Yeah, I'd done, I'd, I'd, I'd worked every, literally every day available and a few more. Because back then we were only supposed to do um, yeah it was forty Fair days hours. yeah forty days a year if you were under thirteen and then thirteen to sixteen you could do eighty days a year but there was no computers back then and I think there was so two nobody, con- I think there was two yeah, consecutive years it. no my licenses got put back to back and I did one hundred and seventy six days because they would give you ten percent as well leeway and I think I did a wow. I, Two consecutive years and did 176 days. Because this was this became a, on a recent, not Christmas, just gone Christmas before we did for the, our Christmas Day show on White One Question Time. We reunited the cast of Grange Hill. Oh, brilliant! Um, which was so lovely, and you must have known some of those guys. I mean, we had uh, Lee McDonald was on there. Um, Lee Lee had birthday parties. His birthday was pretty close to mine, and the flat ah. the flat that I had around the corner from the studios in L Street. Back, 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 back in the early eighties. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a joint birthday party till God knows what. Yeah, all I can remember. I was talking about it the other day, and it got very, very messy. People throwing up in the on top of speakers, <laughs> and the police arriving, and all sorts. Yeah, but it was. It Imagine was the police world. walk in. They go, Ian Beale and Zamo. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but they were talking about how that became so um restrictive because obviously they're children there was only so much they could do and lee was trying to do the heroine storyline the script writer at that time i don't know if you remember was anthony Mangella on uh grange hill so uh, he did the heroine storyline I, I think he did something on eastenders in the early in the early 80s well, yeah but, you may well be right yeah it's starting to get a bit vague because it's so long ago 
I know. Well, 38 years since you started. Tom Hooper, he went on to do um, The King's Speech and, oh, God knows what else he, he won. He's won loads. We had Tom Hooper. We had Antonio Bird. We've had, we've had all sorts of people, not just in front of the camera, but behind the cameras sort of come mm. through and go on to to other things. And then, of course, you've got people like Susan Tully, who starred yeah. alongside you for many years on screen and had done Grainshaw. And now she is, you know, an award-winning mm drama director she yeah. does line of duty i mean it's it's lovely that people can change lanes you know that's great yeah i've turned into a chef <laughs> on wheels on wheels yeah i know Honestly, <laughs> you, you just, look you never you never know where life is going to take you and you yeah. just you just have to in, you just have to enjoy it you just have to have some fun you seem like you really are ad did you i mean i know it's probably the most unlikely of places to find your your happiness but um it seems to be the, you know, I don't, it doesn't seem to me like you're saying it, but not meaning it. No, I love it. I mean, look, it wouldn't suit everyone. But where I am at this point in my life, it suits me perfectly. And I love it. I ended up going to the um, caravan and motorhome show at the NEC. I had such a good time. They've invited me back. So I'm hoping they're <laughs> going to let me park in the car park again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I'm doing talks at the caravan and motorhome show. Who even are you? <laughs> Vegan food at Carfest. It's, I, I never thought life was going to go this way, but I tell you what, it ain't half a lot of fun. It seems that it seems. Mm. Well, listen, hold on to that food thought because mm. that takes me nicely to my next question for you. Uh-huh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Because of your, I mean, not just love, I'd, I'd go as far as to say devotion to eating in the best <laughs> restaurants with the best chefs in the land. Yeah. I wanted you to draft for me the perfect menu and the guests that would accompany each course. So I want to know which restaurant oh. you go to for your favourite starter, 
which restaurant for your favourite main? And then finally, where are you going to go for a dessert? And who are you going to pair with each course, much like you would a wine? God, that is a brilliant question. How many days have I got to answer it? Just keep talking, my friend. It's pissing down with rain. Lightning's oh. coming. We're going nowhere. Let's bed in. Oh, my God. What can, oh, God. What can I pick? What can I pick? Right, I'm going to pick James Nappett does a chicken skin with rosemary mascarpone and bacon jam. Sounds, I mean, I mean, vegans look away now. That sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you're vegan, really, really don't come anywhere near me on this on, on, <laughs> on this question. When, when you see me at Carfest, yes, it, the food is vegan and it will be. Um, okay. And it's actually really good. It's actually really good. Chicken skin with mascarpone and what did you say? Rosemary? Rose, rosemary mascarpone and bacon jam. That dish is bacon jam. Yeah, right. That dish has been on his menu since he opened the restaurant. And what's the restaurant? Kitchen table in uh, uh, Charlotte Street, just off Tottenham Court Road. Right. Um, it's it's the only course. Well, one of the only courses that's been on the menu pretty much since he opened. It literally, the rest of the time, the menu changes on a daily basis. You never you'll never get the same menu twice. Um, but yeah, right. Well, apart from that, apart from that, right. Pick that one. So uh, who's gonna ha- who are you gonna take the chicken skin? I'm not gonna take anyone, so that I can have two portions. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's. I'm gonna go there. I've literally made a note of that. I'm in Charlotte Street all the time. I never. I don't know kitchen table. This is a voyage of culinary discovery. Oh, I love it's... it. Okay, where are we going for our main? God, I'm, I'm gonna end up upsetting someone. Um, I've got, I've now got so many mates who are chefs. It's, oh, I probably should, I probably shouldn't have picked James. I should have probably picked something completely different. Don't worry about offending them. No, they will. Why don't you pick, why don't you pick my dish? Why don't you pick my dish? Um, <laughs> I'm going to then go for, I always, I pronounce this place wrong. It's a Welsh word. It's, I look at it and think it's called Yinishir. It's not, it's Anishir because it's spelled Y Y. M Y S H I R. Um, it's in uh, just outside of Mahanla, and I went there recently. It's there's literally it's twenty five courses. It's all little bite size bits and pieces. Wow! Right, he does his version of Big Mac, right, and literally in one bite, and it is absolutely brilliant. Again, I'm going to be a Big Mac in a bite. In a bite. In a bite. It is wow. absolutely gorgeous um been done with wagyu beef so yet again veg- vegans and vegetarians please look away now um <laughs> so i would i would pick that and again i'm going to be really really selfish i'm going on my own i'm having two portions <laughs> because because <laughs> it is only a bite um yeah it's only a bite you're quite right it's only a bite um i mean like, yeah yeah you're not gonna you, you know, they are allowed to like if you took somebody you wouldn't have to you know, they could order for themselves. It's more about the company. No, both both of those places, it's tasting menus. So you just get what chef wants to cook. Oh. You don't you don't you don't, cho- oh, you don't choose. I see. Um Okay, okay, fair enough. Oh, right, and and then just... right, last one for dessert, and they don't do it anymore, so it's a memory. The hand and flowers used to do um an apple slice. You know, like a custard slice, but they used to do an apple slice. They yes. used to do an apple slice. And I remember when they took it off the menu and I moaned at the then head chef Aaron. <laughs> they'd taken it off um so I, was, I would think i would pick that and i think i'd take my mate bounce who's bounce he sounds oh, he, lively uh, well he probably he probably was in the uh 80s and the 90s but um like like me he's got old gray and um 
put on a few pounds. Um, <laughs> no, he, he's like like you. You've got you've you've got your friends that have been with you through thick and thin through everything over the years. He's everything. yeah, he's uh, he's been the constant in my life since about nineteen eighty five eighty six. I don't know back then. Gosh, all that all that time, thirty eight, thirty nine well, years. Yeah, we actually worked out the other month. Um, and well, we didn't work it out the other month. We worked it out at my, at my dad's funeral. Um, when we were driving up the for that, which that's twenty five years ago. Um, and it was like, oh, do, do, you, do you remember? Do you remember when this happened? It was like, no, I don't remember that. Oh, I remember that. Well, do you remember when this happened? No, I don't remember that. What we worked out was one of us was always driving, and one of us was drinking. So apart we've only got half the memories right if you put us together <laughs> we've actually got all the memories <laughs> he's like your better half yeah he's, yeah he's like the other half yeah the other half of me so <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll probably take him why is he called bounce by the way what what earned him such a name huge bollocks <laughs> <laughs> do you know what my nan uh, um who's also long gone yeah no, my, my nan at her 80th birthday Right, she turned around and she was sat there like the Queen Mother. And she turned around, Why do they call you Bounce? Huge bollocks. She went, Pardon? You went, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just one of those stock answers to that question. Why, why do they call you Bounce? Yeah, Huge it's complete rubbish, but, okay. <laughs> but it's a great answer. But it sounds yeah. good. <laughs> You know those 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 nicknames that you used to attribute to people growing up. I mean, and, and they just don't wear. They're a bit like tattoos. The older you get, the less kind of credible they become, aren't they? Okay, well that sounds like a meal to remember, even if you spend only one course with one friend, and that's Bounce, who can remember your life probably as well, if not better than yourself. Probably does. We all need a bounce in our life. Yeah. You know, yeah, we do. Someone that remembers stuff and has got big cojones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know whether he has, but I don't think he has. <laughs> You're not that good a friend, then, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my last question for you. What has singularly been the best decision you ever made and singularly the worst decision you've ever made? Best and worst. Best decision, um, without a doubt, um, deciding to take a day off work and get on a train to an audition in 1984. That's, that was EastEnders? That was easily the best decision. What were you doing uh, as a job then? I was working in a butcher shop in Newtown in Paris. Yeah, and it was I had I had to I had to weigh up because um, I, I couldn't make the first audition. Um, the timings just didn't work. They literally, I got the phone call from Sylvia's office. Um, I think I might even I might even still be in the school, and it was just impossible for me to get to the train station and get a train um, down in time for the for the following day. It just just didn't work because the audition was something like about nine nine o'clock in the morning. And the first train, if I got on it at half past five, didn't get into Houston until about half past nine. So it, I mean, it was it was just a non-starter. Um, second time they phoned up because they still hadn't found anybody to play Ian. Um, they phoned up on the Friday saying the audition was on the Monday. So I literally had to decide right, I can go down on the Saturday, which means I've got to take 
the day off of work, so I lose money there. I've got to have the Monday off, means I lose money there. I've got to pay me train fare, and it worked out it was going to be the equivalent of a whole week's wages. Back then, it was ridiculous. I mean, I think I was doing 44 hours for 45 quid. Oh, a pound an hour, not even. Well, no, it was just, it was about a pound, pound and tuppence in old money. Um, and it was, yeah, do, do I go? It was, it was a hell of a decision. Do I go and do it? Do I, do I, do, do I take the risk? And um, yeah, good job I did. So that sounds almost a bit like it was meant to be. Like you couldn't make the first one, but there was something happening up there that allowed or enabled a second chance to come your way. Um, I think it was just the fact that all the other people that usually went to the, um, I mean, there was three of us. It was me and the two Lees, and we used to get pretty much all the jobs. You and the two Lees? Who are the, who are the two Lees? One was Lee Whitlock. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the the surname of the other Lee, but we literally used to pick up all the work as sort of like teenage boys, and I think they both did Comrade Dad with George Cole, which meant they were, weren't available. The EastEnders audition. God, it was a, a different time back then. If oh, there's yeah. you and two Lees competing for everything, pretty much, yeah. Your son's going to be experiencing a very different landscape. Yeah, but well, back then there was there was there wasn't that many lads doing drama. It was it was pretty much all all girls. Hence that class wow. of Sylvia's, which was you rattled off, which was all the girls. All girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just you and Nick Berry, really. Oh, and Perry. Yeah, you, you can. You, you can throw Pell into the mix. He does qualify, yeah. Um, do you know what, we, we, you know what, we did a we did a scene years ago in EastEnders, and it was only when we sort of actually stopped and looked at it and went, "That's every single one of us has come through Sylvia's at some stage," and it was about it was about seven of us in the scene. It was yeah. If it wasn't Sylvia's, it was Italia Conti, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was like these petri dishes that just grew everybody that's still on telly now. Well, was, when we when we did Sylvia's, um, this is your life, and. I remember I had to do the, the, the closing bit, sort of like saying thank you on behalf of everyone. And it was dead easy to do because it really was a case of just looking out and going, this is literally the who's who of British entertainment under the age of 40. The room was absolutely packed. And literally, of all the people you just named, um, we, were, we were all there. Right, back to the worst decision. Um, it's okay, oh. worst decision, worst decision. Probably agreeing to do the barbecue for my mate <laughs> on, on Sunday because he's dropped out. Um, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm going to cook. Um, I'm left to. I, I don't know. Yeah, this Sunday you, coming. Yeah, you're li- in your literally. element. You, if you don't act, you've got to chef. That yeah. I'm, I mean, seriously, well, it's it's beyond a passion for you, isn't it? Well, that's it's why I've a ended, little bit more than that. That's why I've ended up at Carfest. Um, and me and another chef mate, we're doing a we're doing a vegan food truck. Which something I thought I I never thought I'd do, but hitting who's um, Chris Evans PA who you know who's who's roped you into yeah. doing everything. Um, <laughs> he, he literally he, he sent me a I can't remember if he text, phone or email, whatever. He got in touch and he said, um, "Hey, do you you know loads of chefs? Do you know anyone who does vegan food?" And I went, "Why?" He said, "Well, we're struggling to get a vegan food truck." I went, um, "Okay, let me um, let me make a phone call." So I literally phoned up my mate Eddie and went. Um, can you do vegan food? Went, yeah, of course I can. I said, right. We're doing a we're doing a food truck at Carfest. He went, oh great. He went, hang on a minute. Why have you just asked me about vegan food? I said, because we're doing vegan food at Carfest. He was like, <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's that's how it started off. So I've, I've um, 
I've kind of paired up with me mate, and um, yeah, we've we've got what we've got cauliflower. I can't stop eating those at the moment. Yeah. Cauliflower wings with buffalo sauce. That's it. That's what we're doing. Oh, nice! Well, I'll be swinging by. Yeah, we're doing those. Um, I just like to point out to the listeners that this isn't happening till August, and he's already got his menu down. I mean, it's all it's all down. It's all it's all worked out. Um, costed prep started because we're about to do the photos and stuff for it um, but no the first one's in July end of July at Carfest North just because you're only doing Carfest South some of us are doing both yeah well you know childcare <laughs> bring him along <laughs> bring him along I am going to bring him along yeah. I am going to bring him along he's, he's coming up he's coming up to the uh, the Carfest South with me for sure how old is he now 14 so he can, he can, he can work then he can work. Do you know what? If you need a, a, a good pair of hands and a polite smile, I've got just the kid yeah. for you. Seriously. You never you never know. We might drag him in. At the moment, we've got five of us in this um, in this truck, which I don't, I don't think we can fit anybody else in. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to definitely come and check out um, your corn dogs, your mobile yeah, home. I'll make, I'll, make, I'll make you a coffee. And you've got to come and see whatever it is that Chris has decided I'm sleeping in. I mean, I'll just go with the flow. Um, tickets are available now uh, for Carfest. There's Carfest North, Carfest South. It's um, It's been running now for years and years. It is a well-oiled machine. It's seven festivals in one. And there's everything from Spa Fest Yay, to Carfest Fest. to Retro Fest to Food Fest. I know I'm up for oh, a bit of Spa, we are, Fest. Spa Fest. Um, as well as great music. Yeah. So go and check out Adam's Food Van. Um, tickets are available. And all of the proceeds go to support children's charities. So far, they've raised over 20 million quid. Um, so let's see if we can nudge that up a little bit higher this year. Um, you can get your tickets wherever. Mr Evans is a good egg, isn't he? Good egg. Yeah. He is a good egg, which is why you'll get people like Adam serving corn dogs there and me doing Christ knows what, because he's just the man you can't say no yeah. to. The, the, the <laughs> other thing that will happen is, because I am on site the whole time, if anybody drops out, you're going to end up interviewing me. Well, listen, we've got plenty yeah. to talk about. Uh, thanks, Ad. I will see you in a field, in a TP sometime soon. A huge heartfelt thanks to Adam Woodyat for being this week's guest. And don't forget, you can check him out and me if you want to come along to Carfest. It's on this August and July. Tickets are available right now. All the details are at carfest.org. And if you fancy more great chat with stars of the small screen and the kitchen, then why not dive into our back catalogue? We've got Charlie Brooks in there, Sally Lindsay, Calvin Fletcher, Casey Ainsworth, most recently Emma Barton from Albert Square. And if food is the conversation of choice for you right now, what about episodes with Greg Wallace, Tom Kerridge, James Martin, Simon Rimmer and Marcus Waring? They're all there your listening pleasure as always my thanks to ben robbins and the yahoo studios team who produced this show with me editing is by andy agson and our music comes courtesy of andy bell we'll be back next friday until then thank you for your company planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 